Come here, you. Come here. Ah! Ah! The product, the prodigal. My son returns. have you here coming up on today's show presidential alert punctuation marks that we should be using and a big reason not to hold in your toots oh goodness but first it's september 24th that means we got some holidays to celebrate ain't that right mo that's right hey, by the way welcome back hey thanks we had it a week without you it was rough but i think we survived oh you guys did great <laughs> what are we celebrating today mo today we're celebrating family day so I say everybody call into work this morning and say, sorry, boss, I can't come in. It's National Family Day. Got to take the day off and spend some time with my family. Don't tell them that I told you to do that. <laughs> uh, today is also Kiss Day. Mm. <laughs> so after you've spent some time with your family, put, put those the kids, kids to, to bed. bed. <laughs> <laughs> and partake in, in Kiss Day. <laughs> and then uh, last... But I'm going to say not least. There's probably a comma that should go there somewhere. Matt kind of hinted to it earlier. I meant in what I said, Matt. There should probably be a comma in what I said there. Reading the script. He's... There's no missing commas. <laughs> what are you talking about? Today is National Punctuation Day. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to celebrate later We're on in the show. We're going to celebrate it. Just walk around and hold up. Oh, I wonder if there'll be like any punctuation days, like punctuation parades. Punctuation parades. You know. Guys like, walking around in big question mark costumes. Uh-huh. Big exclamation marks. <laughs> Short, fat guys can be dot, dot, dots. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> It'd be fun. Okie dokie. Y'all start part- <laughs> parting. Planning your punctuation parade for next year. Next year. You'll know that it needs to be on September 24th. 24th. Punctuation parade day. (laughs) I'm on to something. Goodness. (laughs) How was your week, Mo? Um, You know what? I actually had a pretty good week. I I really did. Um, I think. Well, you you didn't tell all my business. Told a little bit of your business. Told a little bit of my business, but not all of it. Um... I had to resign from my job last week at Human Resources in in the schools, um, just because after the diagnosis with oh I don't think I've even told any of this you did I haven't yeah so after <laughs> the gallbladder <clears throat> and gallstone issues have have come on I had to see a secondary specialist who informed me that I also have. A, possibly more stomach ulcers. Oh, goodness. Um, So I'm on a medication for a month. It's kind of a trial to see if that medication helps. Then they'll be able to pinpoint, okay, yep, she has stomach ulcers. Let's see what we can do from here. Let's move on from from this point. Um, Removing my gallbladder, that surgery has been put on the back burner because they just don't want to put my body through the stress, stress of surgery. Even though it's not terribly invasive, it's still stress. And, and is it stuff. stress and anxiety that kind of stimulate it's the production of one ulcers? one of the things. One of the things. Um, another thing Ulcer. that they believe may have been a, um, a factor. factor. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but last year about this time, I started having really bad jaw pain. Oh, and yeah. And found out that I have TMJ. Well, from that, I had been prescribed naproxen to take on the regular Mm. well taking naproxen or any kind of pain medication regularly like that um, can cause stomach ulcers 
So with the heightened increased stress in my life and taking naproxen, um, chances are I am living with a couple ulcers in my stomach now. So probably good you quit your job. (laughs) Yeah. So the doctor, of course, this Uh, I can be completely honest now, but I after we came back from summit, Chris and I had decided that I come the new year I would be resigning anyway, and I wouldn't go into the new year working. It just it just became too much stress and too much. I really missed being a stay at home mom. Sure, missed being with my kids. Because this is the first time you'd worked during the day, right? Yeah, yeah, like a, a nine to five yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I just, I missed that part of my life too much and realized that it was just not, the money was nice, but it's just not everything. Yeah. Um, and I had been completely honest with my boss when we came back from Summit. I let her know, you know, I probably won't be here through the new year. So she knew that it was also coming. Um, but then when this all ensued, I went into her office and said, I just don't think I can hang on until the new year. Mm. My body is telling me I'm done. <laughs> so um, I had a nice week of kind of trying to rest and relax as much as possible and um, get back into my new my little, new life routine. New, new, life new routine. old routine. New old routine. <laughs> yep. It's kind of hard, though. I forgot how hard it is to be a stay-at-home mom. Yeah, kids are a pain. Kids are pain. <laughs> and my kids are gone because they're all three school-aged for most of the day. But, yeah, I get them to school in the morning after morning meltdowns, and I come back and try to enjoy coffee, and I'm surrounded by a heaping mess of garbage that they've left behind for me and have a certain amount of time to get it done and put away before Chris comes home and starts... What did you do all day? Did you just... No, he doesn't really do that. I'm just kidding. Um, that was a spot on, Chris. That was a spot on, Chris. No, I don't, really don't think he's ever said that to me. He did try to tell me the other day, though, that since I'm not working full time, my job is to pick up and drop off the kids every day. <laughs> I think that's fair. What? <laughs> and I'm saying that as a stay-at-home dad who will likely have to do the same thing. Okay, but he didn't go to work on Wednesday because he had a headache. Yeah. And then by like 1.30, his headache was gone. And so 2.45 rolls around when we have to pick up Mila. And I was like, hey, will you go get her? And he's like, no, that's your job. You don't work yeah. anymore. No, I get but, it. But you didn't go to work today. <laughs> so it's your job. <laughs> this makes no sense. <laughs> that's when you say, well, you have to come with me. Well. Yeah. That's the punishment. At that point, <laughs> since this is a fully honest radio show, he got up and threw a fit and left the house and went and got Mila, and that was it. So. <laughs> I see. Yeah. How was all your right. week, Matt? Uh, my week was all right. I uh, I got to do just, you know, a normal week. I didn't have to go to the hospital more than once. That's nice. <laughs> Now, my dad, um, you know, y'all been following my dad's progress, and he's 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 still up and down. He got back from the rehab, um, and then two days later, he got a bladder infection. Then he got home again, and two days later, his potassium was too low, so he went back to the hospital and went home. And now, two days later, he's uh, dealing with too much ammonia buildup in his body. So it's like every 48 hours, something is happening Something's now. Something's going on. Yeah, and there's just no, there's no real stopping it. Just things like this are gonna keep happening. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's tough. So we're just kind of preparing for that. We don't really know uh, how much longer he has. If it's, you know, I don't think it's like days or weeks, but you know, months, maybe another year. Yeah. Who Eventually, knows? it will become days and weeks. Yeah. Which is what was really hard. When we lost Chris's mom. With Chris's mom, mom yeah. yeah. Um, but we're trying to keep upbeat. And, you know, he's he's having good days and bad days uh, off and on. Um, where we're getting to spend some more time with him now that he's not good. in the hospital every good. day in, in Lubbock or away from the, uh, our hometown. But, uh, you know, he's, he's getting there. Has he moved home, Matt? Yeah, he's back at home. Okay. Um, they got him a, a hospital bed. 
Awesome. That would, you know, because he can't lie flat because of his back. Mm-hmm. Um, so they got him a bed that'll angle, and he's also got a lift chair, a recliner mm-hmm. that'll lift him all the way up to a standing position. That's cool. So that's that's been increasing his quality of life a bit. Uh, but, uh, you know, for the last several weeks, that's what most of my week has been, you know, trying to balance my home life with going and visiting my dad or helping my mom out with him and his care. And, uh, so this week has been relatively light on that, which has been good because I've been stressing out about it. Being exhausted. Exhausted. Uh, gosh, especially when they were in Lubbock and I had to go up there every few days. Um, but you're a good son, Matt. Good for you yeah, for going. I'm I'm the good son. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying good no. for you for going. No, for being it. close enough to... Cause yeah. It, it is taxing and it would mm-hmm. be really easy to just say, okay, dad, I'll see you when you get back. And it's honestly more about having my mom than yeah. anything else. My dad's pretty uh, independent himself. Um, he doesn't really ask for help or want help or whatever from anybody other than my mom. But... Uh, you know, my mom is, she loves to take care of people. She's a very nurturing person, but she's burnt out yeah. and exhausted herself. So I try as much as I can to uh, relieve some of the pressure on her, which is still only a, a small amount of what yeah. I can do. Uh, which then I feel bad because when she has days when she's not working, she wants to come over and and babysit my kids for a few hours and have me come, you know, work on something. Right. I said, aren't you tired? Don't you want to stay home? I can, I can work from home. I can deal with it. Like, oh no, please. I need to get out of the house. Yep. <laughs> yep. And she misses those babies. Uh, oh, absolutely. She does. For her, that's probably her normalcy right now. Mm-hmm. Just, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, so because of that, I've gotten to just focus on, uh, you know, Building, building the website, working on things. We started the new, uh, the new show last Monday night, the back nine. The back nine. Our which countdown. I still think it should be the back seven because it's seven a, is the holy number. It's a number. holy number. But whatever. I mean, <laughs> it's normally, know. it's normally a top ten. It is. Countdown. It is. And I just thought, you know, back row radio and the back nine is a thing from golf or whatever. And I'm like, that sounds like a cool name. <laughs> Did you see my comment? To you and you were like, no, the back nine like golf. No, what did you say after that? I said, oh, look at you being all sportsy. (laughs) (laughs) Look at you talking about sport things. (laughs) Zip it. (laughs) I played one full game of golf in my life. I think I got a 487 or something like that. I don't know if that's good or bad. That's terrible. Okay, I was going to say, you want like low points, right? right. Yeah. That's That seems pretty high. <laughs> was it a full 18 holes or just nine? I think it was just nine. I think we got too hot and had to leave. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh poor Matt. Oh, no. You know what it was? We um, It was me and my buddy Nathan, and we were like 12. You know, we were very young. Yeah. And uh, we went, and it was like 7 in the morning. And we hadn't like set up a tea time or anything. I said, okay, well, you guys can play. How about y'all start on the back nine and then come back around and do the first nine? That way you won't run into any of the other people that are starting their tea times right now. Yeah. They're like, okay. Well, we're, we get like three holes in and we get security guards chasing us on uh, golf carts thinking that we jumped the fence and just started playing halfway through the course wherever we wanted and we had to like go all the way back to the that's dumb place so they would to the clubhouse yeah to the clubhouse to get them to explain no they let us come out here and start here on hole uh hole 10 that's dumb (laughs) and so we left after that like i'm not walking all the way back over there that was all that's halfway across the thing Hey, fun fact, you know that they call the clubhouse the clubhouse because golf clubs, because that's where they house the golf clubs. <laughs> it's not like that. a club. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know if that's really the real <laughs> totally reason. Makes but... sense, <laughs> hey, it's Manic Monday, everybody. Uh, we're playing more of the hard rock Christian hits for you this morning. And uh, we're going to get your morning rocking when we come back. Presidential alert. Stick around.
Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I almost said Back Row Baptist Podcast. <laughs> I did that last week, too. Did you? It's, on Thursday, I, mean, I think. It, it's taken a long time to get out of that. <laughs> it is. It was three, almost three years. Yeah. All right. Plenty of Americans aren't terribly keen on receiving text messages from the president, even in an emergency. And they'll have a reprieve, if only briefly. Uh, last Thursday, we were supposed to have a presidential alert test because it's never been tested. It's the system has been set up since uh, 2016, but no one's ever tested it. Hmm. So the Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, which oversees a, a wireless emergency alert system, announced that the test had been scheduled for Thursday. It's going to be pushed back now to October Third, citing the ongoing response efforts to Hurricane Florence as the reason. Yeah. But the initial announcement was met with so many concerns on social media that they didn't want Donald Trump to be able to message them directly. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and they were afraid that he was going to be using the system for political purposes, similar to how he uses his Twitter page. Oh my word. <laughs> One online user responded to FEMA's announcement on Twitter saying, We don't need presidential alerts. We already have public emergency alert messaging. This is not necessary, which we can get. But the presidential alert is actually reserved for stuff that the entire nation needs to be aware of right now. So something like this would be considered like another 9-11 type incident. Okay. You know, well, that makes sense. Big but... national terrorist attack. Sure. <laughs> um, many also went on to raise the issue of the alert being mandatory. There is no way to opt out of it. There's the FEMA has deals with all the major cell phone carriers. You can't turn it off on your phone. You can turn off uh, all the other kind of alerts, you, Amber alerts, um, local weather alerts, anything like that. You can turn all those off. You can't turn off the presidential alert. I feel like there's a challenge there. <laughs> Tell me I can't turn I'm it sure off. I'm sure there's some way to hack it off, but anyway. Watch me. Uh, one user <laughs> even messaged Verizon Wireless, one of 100 wireless service companies that have agreed to provide the alert to their network, asking uh, how she can avoid receiving it. Uh, but some users even threatened to cancel their cell phone service, while others said they would protest the test by turning their phones off, creating the hashtag GoDark920 in response to the original test date. This is so dumb. <laughs> they couldn't do it. Stephen Cobb, a security researcher at uh, ESET, a technology security company, tweeted via his verified account that the blowback against the test indicated a broader frustration with the president. He said, this POTUS is so bad that folks are prepared to forego the potential benefits of a national alert system, which already exists on radio and TV, because it is hard to believe Trump will not abuse it. So, as we come up to October 3rd, remember a few things. Number one, it's illegal for the president to use this alert system for anything other than a national terror threat. He cannot send his musings on the FBI uh, Russia investigation into your pocket forcefully through this system. Number two, he will not be tweeting through the system. Number three, uh, TV and radio are used less and less, which is why the cell phone alert system has been put into place. I mean, how often are you actually watching broadcast television anymore on your oh, TV? Oh, never. Yeah. And how Unless often... it's football. Right. And how often are you listening to actual local radio? Less and less. It still happens. Yeah. But, I mean, even our station right now is yeah. not uh, local radio. We do not have a broadcasting system, an emergency alert system, because right. it's an online streaming thing. Right. More people are listening to Pandora and Spotify and whatnot. Mm -hmm. They might get stuff like that in place, but who knows if they do or not. Because they don't have to. They're right. not legally required to. Yeah. So the less and less people watch conventional media, the more and more having it uh, on your cell phone, which most people have in their uh, radius within arm's reach at any time, is a smart idea. So I just find it so funny <laughs> that people think that it is actually going to be Donald Trump that sits down with his cell phone and sends out a, a That's true. Text I'm pretty message. I'm pretty sure, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's not even really directly involved other than maybe being the one to say do it. Yeah. Send the text. <laughs> and then one of his million minions 
sends the text. <laughs> You're not getting a text from the president. I'm sorry. <laughs> and even if you are, it's not going to have germs on it. Guys. For real. You can't catch <laughs> stupidity through a text message. So chill out. Uh, it's Manic Monday. We'll be back at the top of the hour with more of the Backroom Morning Show. Up next, are you lying about watching commercials? Stick around. Top of the second hour here on Monday morning. We're glad to have you with us. Uh, we got a few social media updates from a lot of the artists that we enjoy here on the show. First one is an ethics question from Casting Crown's Juan DeVevo. Is it lying if I said I'd watch an ad to get free Wi-Fi at the airport and then when the ad came on, I didn't watch it? <laughs> <laughs> This is a good ethical question. Yes, it is. Because at the same time, like, I have ad block on, like, when I watch YouTube or whatever, so I never see an ad, but by using the website, I've agreed to the terms of watching, watching these ads ad. <laughs> these videos. Um, <laughs> is that sinful? No, I think it's just being <laughs> smart. God gave us a brain. Let's use it. There this, was... There is no moral... <laughs> wrongdoing there to not watch an ad there's no moral wrongdoing but but you're agreeing to like and specifically in his thing you actually have to agree sure say, to get free wi-fi would, what i'm agreeing to, to is i am smarter than you <laughs> <laughs> there was a um, company it might still be going but i don't know i don't think it does the same thing uh, but there was a company called swag bucks and what it basically did was it paid you to sit there and watch ads Okay. And once you watched, uh, you know, I think, I think one gave you watch one and you get ten cents of credit. Okay. And so once you watched enough to get twenty dollars worth of credit, you could get like an Amazon gift card. Nice. So me and my buddy uh, Derek, we would do that constantly and use that money to buy Funko Pops or whatever. And uh, all we would do is just sit there. Leave it on work, in the background. We'd be working on it. The only problem was is they were smart. They wouldn't just let it run. You had mm -hmm. to actually click go for everything. So we just have it on our phone right there sitting next to us. And we'd be working on our computer. And just every 30 seconds, we'd hit play and let another ad play. But we wouldn't be watching it. And uh, I think more and more people were doing that. I'm pretty sure they stopped doing that. Or at least stopped doing it the exact same way. But... I did feel bad about it. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> you're paying me money even, and I'm still not watching these things. So there may be a moral wrongdoing in that case. <laughs> That's thievery. Yeah. Uh, all right. Because essentially that was your job. Right, yeah. A little bit. Still 10 cents. 10 cents for 30 seconds. Hey, they hired you to How do it. How much does that work to? How much does that work out to for an hour? I have no idea. That would be 120 times 10. So, 12 bucks an hour? That's not bad. <laughs> That's not bad at all. I don't think it was 10 cents then. That seems too quick. I'm pretty sure it took us several days to get anywhere near $20. Maybe it was just one cent an ad. Nah. Eh. So, that's not as good. No, that's not as good. That's dumb. <laughs> all right. Uh... Every parent knows what they say and what their kids hear are sometimes very different things. Jake Robertson. Robertson. Robertson posted, What I said... It's time for bed. What my kids heard. I, the supreme dictator, am bringing an end to all happiness and joy in your life. You will never know laughter ever again. I loathe fun and merriment and also the mirth of children in general. It's so true. <laughs> it's time for bed. <laughs> See, I don't have that problem with Eli for bedtime. No. When bedtime rolls around, he's like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, but nap time... Which I'm just about ready to be done with nap time for him because oh, it's gosh. a fight every day. And he is so determined to not take a nap. He keeps himself awake even when he's 
just completely. Hey, you got to change the name tied. of it, okay? Because I'm a firm believer that every stay-at-home parent, when they have young children, needs nap time up until the kid goes to kindergarten. Yeah, firm believer in it. You got to call it quiet time, and for that amount of time, he goes in his room, door gets closed. And he finds something quiet to do. He can color. He can read a book. Yeah. He can play with his cars. But he has to sit in his bed for quiet time. He doesn't have to go to sleep. That's smart. But it has to be quiet time. Yeah. Because I need quiet time. Otherwise, I <laughs> oh, might yeah. kill no, you. No, abs- I would absolutely be <laughs> locking him in his room. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a smart. That's smart. I, I had two of them. Because the boys are only 15 months apart, mm-hmm. you know? And I realized really quick, holy crap, they're not doing naps anymore. I or one of them may die. <laughs> I need to find something to do. And a person, a mom who had already gone through that stage in her life with her kids was like, just do quiet time. They have to stay in their rooms, but they have to find something quiet to do. Ah, <laughs> oh, brilliant. Thank you. I like that. I like that. <laughs> You're right. welcome. And then lastly, advice from Greg Laurie. If you want to raise your children in a way in the way of the Lord, then make sure you are walking in the way of the Lord. They will listen to your bedtime stories and many sermons, but they will be watching your life to see if you live that out. Some things are caught and others taught. Wow. Burn. Yeah. <laughs> Feel the, a twinge of guilt. Right? That's... Even though I don't really, I'm not thinking of anything I've done terribly wrong. No, but it. <laughs> you see it in their, their everyday actions, mm-hmm. you know. Cannon flips out on Mila, and Chris is like, why are you snapping at her? What? And I'm, I just look. I wonder why he's snapping at her. <laughs> Stop yelling! I know. That's the worst one. That is the worst one. Have you ever told your boys, stop, now go? Have you ever said that? Yes. The first time that I've said it, I was like, Crap, I am so confusing. <laughs> like, what if I'm I know I am ruining them right now. What do you want me to do, Bob? Stop or go? I don't know. Oh man, the other day I had a bad moment uh, as a parent. I was very disappointed in myself. Uh Eli, who's he's four, but he's just he's in the talking back. For everything, mm-hmm. even stuff that doesn't need to be talked back to, he thinks it's funny. But you know, other times he's doing it completely seriously, just being rude and disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're sitting there, and Deidre usually comes home from work for lunch, and she likes to eat with the kids, so mm-hmm. she sits and feeds the kids. Well, this day, uh, last minute, she found out she had to stay in the office for lunch, and so I'm like, "Oh, great! I'm mm-hmm. already having a bad day with him." Uh, with him. So I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'll feed the kids. So I get the stuff together and we sit down and and he has a problem with not wanting to eat like his sandwich or whatever. He, mm-hmm. He'll snack on all the little stuff, side stuff, goldfish, oranges or whatever. And that's great. But he needs to eat the main dish in the meal and he doesn't want to do that. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there every every couple minutes saying, all right, take a bite of your sandwich, man. Take Take, eat something substantial here. And every time I say that, he picks up a goldfish or whatever and just stares right in my eyes and bites into it. I'm like, kid, <laughs> keep it up. And uh, so after like the 10th time of him doing that, I grabbed his wrist and I said, drop the fish, pick up your sandwich. He turns to me and yells in my face, you're hurting me! Uh-huh. Which I wasn't. Right. I wasn't putting any pressure on his arm. But instead of responding calmly, as a good parent should, I got in his face and yelled, Good! <laughs> Eat your sandwich! Did he eat his sandwich? <laughs> well, first he cried because I yelled at him. Uh, <laughs> and I said, What? You didn't like someone yelling in your face? Right? <laughs> I don't like it either. <laughs> and then he picked up a sandwich and he ate a sandwich. Uh, which, okay, so I had to apologize later for yelling in his face and thank him for finally eating his sandwich. But gosh, I hate, I don't do that that often. I don't get to the point where I snap like that. Yeah. Where I just, there's there's no rationality in my brain anymore. Yeah. 
so that doesn't happen often, which is good. But when it does, man, I feel like scum for a whole week. Afterwards. I'm a firm believer that kids will push us to our limits, though, just to see how far they yeah. can get away. Like, okay, 10 goldfish, that's all I get. And, and, and dad's off the edge. I get it. I get it. Let me mental note this for future reference. I can do nine goldfish. I can't pick up the 10th. I'm good. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, so, if you haven't heard, uh, Apple... Uh, you, you need to listen up, right? Because you're an Apple products I am, person. I am. Apple will start assigning so-called trust scores for Apple devices in a bid to combat fraud, they say. Uh, first spotted by VentureBeat, a new provision has quietly appeared in the updated iTunes store privacy page that says, To help identify and prevent fraud, information about how you use your device, including the approximate number of phone calls or emails you send and receive, will be used to compute a device trust score when you attempt to purchase. The submissions are designed so Apple cannot learn the real values of your device. The scores are stored for a fixed time on our servers. So essentially, Apple will assign devices trust scores based on information, including your phone call and email metadata. This trust score helps the company identify scammers who are using Apple services as part uh, devices as part of their schemes. Um, they say that it only takes into account uses, usage patterns, and so they're not actually listening to your phone calls or reading your emails, but it feels like a first step. I, these things don't <laughs> bother me. It doesn't bother you that people it, could be no watching and reading what you're doing? No. It doesn't bother me in the least. First of all, who uses email anymore? Not really many people. Professional people. I'm okay. <laughs> um, and second I have of all. five email accounts. I use them all. I don't know if I'm just like one of those open book kind of people. I don't care, which is probably why I don't mind being a radio show personality. <laughs> um, but if you want to listen to my conversations, I can guarantee you there's nothing that fun or exciting or dramatic or, or any of the sort in it. You might get a good television show out of some of it, but that's about it. I mean... And if that's the case, then just give me a little bit of, of the, the profit from the television show. That's all I'm asking. I really don't care. I feel like I don't have that much privacy, that much like secure information that someone can't. And if you do have that much secure information, then maybe somebody does need to be hacking in and listening to your phone calls. <laughs> I mean, truthfully, maybe we could have stopped 9-11 had we... Hacked oh into the, the people's phone calls. We could First have. All, that was Matthew. 2001. We barely had flip phones. No, flip phones. Flip phones. Flip phones. Flip phones. No, they were. I bought my first flip phone in 2002. Okay, but I think you were behind the times. No. I'm thinking back to 2001. I had that Nokia brick, which yeah, was after was the flip phone. No, that was before the flip phone. My dad had a flip phone when I had the Nokia brick. He might have, yeah. But the, those bricks were just a smaller version of that giant phone. That was the first cell phone that Zach Morris had. And yeah, Saved by the Bell. that's true. <laughs> okay, but in 2001, my dad had a flip phone. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, Whatever. So, Apple, if, if you want to spy, if you want to test your spy program where uh, you actually do listen to phone calls and read emails, Mo is volunteering. Yep, go for it. Don't care at all. <laughs> it's Manic Monday. We're going to play some more of the hard Christian rock. When we get back, five random facts. Stick around. Grow morning show. We are closing out the second hour here of our show with five random facts. Hit us. Hey, so I didn't read these ahead of time, so if I make mistakes, it's my fault. Okay. America's first president was quite adept. 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 
I've, I've heard adept, but not adept, at making whiskey. That means he's good at it. Uh, I figured. From context? Yeah. <laughs> In fact, his distillery at Mount Vernon produced close to 11,000 gallons of the stuff. Wow. Wow. George Washington. Washington whiskey. Ain't no teetotaler. Hey. All right. Second random fact, your dog's nose has a unique pattern to it, just like a human fingerprint. I can believe that. Have you ever looked at a dog's yeah, nose? They're very, yeah, they're very liney. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Are there seven? There are seven <laughs> U.S. <Question>? towns. <laughs> are there seven? No, there are. There are seven U.S. towns named after Santa. Ooh. So is that, but like Santa Ana and Santa Monica, do those count or just it's specifically no, no, Santa. No, no, because that's 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 meaning saint. Uh, true. Like this is actually Santa Claus. Santa Claus was a saint. That's true, <laughs> but <laughs> the specific character. <laughs> okay, to produce a single pound of honey, a single bee would have to visit two million flowers. Wow. That's why they keep them in hives. It's just easier. That's why they keep them. <laughs> they keep the bees in hives. The bees themselves keep themselves in hives. No, a beekeeper keeps it in the hive in order to produce the honey. Sure. But even ones not in captivity also make hives and stay in them. Yeah, but we don't get our honey from those. True. We get our honey from the boxes. I mean, they still make honey, but yeah, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. (laughs) Do you? Do you, Matt? (laughs) That's why we don't have individual stalls with bees. Or milk and bees for honey. Yeah. Individually. Gosh. (laughs) Last one. Cockroaches can live for several weeks with their heads cut off because their brains are located inside their body. They would eventually die from being unable to eat. Ah, What a way to go. Yeah. No head. Can't see. Just walking around thinking about how hungry you are. Uh huh. (laughs) See, everybody thinks that the apocalypse is going to happen Zombies are going to be dead people. No, they're going to be cockroaches. <laughs> cockroaches are all going to come back to eat us. <laughs> all right. Well, with that cheery note, it's Manic <laughs> Monday. We're going to play some more of the Christian rock for you. Get your, get your morning going there. And uh, we'll be back at the top of the hour with more of the Back Row Morning Show. Up next, we celebrate National Punctuation Day. Stick around. back row morning show it's the top of the third hour we're glad to have you with us this morning wait yeah that's right yeah. i thought i said that backwards no. uh it is national punctuation day as mo explained at the top of the show and uh we're gonna celebrate today by sharing with you 11 punctuation marks that we should be using i didn't realize there were 11 punctuation marks in total all right <laughs> these are 11 that we don't even really know about Right. They are real. They're not things that we've made up for things that should exist. Uh, they're things that already exist. We just don't use them in, uh, well, at all, really. I don't think I've ever seen most of these used. Uh, the oh. first one, first one might be the one that you are most familiar with. Yeah. Which is called the enterobang. Uh, it's a combination of a question mark and an exclamation point. They're laid on top of e- each other. Uh, oh. So it's like the question mark and then you draw a line through it as well um but the combination of these two can be replaced by using uh, one of each you know like in a question you did what yeah. like a you know a very ex- ex- in, exclamationing question in the, exclaimed question um what's a word for interrogation and in, in interrogatory <laughs> <laughs> an interrogatory question I feel like that's a word. I'm making it up if it's not. Interrogatory. No, it's not a word. I don't think that's. (laughs) (laughs) That's why it's called an interrobang. Interrified question. 
Um, well, they're interrogating them. So they're in terrified. Yeah, exactly. I'm being in terrified. <laughs> <laughs> I do this in text messages, though, but I guess it doesn't. It's not the actual interrobang because it has to be on top of each other. Right. Yeah, you're you're doing the 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 standard version, which is two separate uh, punctuation marks. But yeah, you can do one right on top of each other. You can't type it, I guess, but you could draw it. Well, and I'm I'm getting in my text messages right now to see if it's actual. If it's there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, all the rest of these almost certainly won't be. Uh, the next one is the percontation percontation point or the rhetorical question mark. And it is a backwards question mark. Huh. The backwards question mark was proposed by Henry Denham in 1580 uh, as the end of a rhetorical question. And it was used until the early 1600s. So if it's a question that doesn't need an answer, Put use a backwards, a backwards question, question mark. mark. Next one's the irony mark. Uh, this looks a lot like the percontation point, uh, but the irony mark's location is a bit different. It's smaller. It's elevated. And it precedes the statement to indicate its intent before it's read. Okay. So you put it at the beginning of the sentence. Uh, Alcantar de Brahm introduced the idea in the 19th century and in the 1956 French author Hervé Bazin Bazin proposed a similar glyph in his book, oh gosh, Plumons Le Arizur. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Along with five other innovative marks. But yeah, uh, just you know, if it's an ironic statement, you put that tiny backwards question mark at the beginning. Um, before you go any further, we mispronounced his name because that you don't pronounce the E on the end. It's like hors d'oeuvre, you know? So oh. And it may not even be an H. It may be more like a... Erv. Bazin. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Either way, we're still mispronouncing it, but whatever. All right. The next one's called the love point. Ooh. Among Bazin's proposed new punctuation was the love point uh, made of two question marks. One that's backwards. Uh, so they're facing each other <laughs> and they share a point, making it look like a heart. Oh, the, my gosh. <laughs> the intended use, of course, was to denote a statement of affection or love. Uh, and as uh, as in happy anniversary with a love point at the end, <laughs> this seems like something a, a teenage girl came up with, <laughs> <laughs> but it was real. Uh, uh, if it were easier to type, I think this one might really take off. Oh my goodness! <laughs> this could be a new reaction on Facebook, right? Yeah, the love point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, the next one's the acclamation point. It's an exclamation point that has two lines sticking out of the dot. Huh. So this is used. Uh, Bazin, also, uh, Bazin also made this one. He described the mark as the stylistic representation of those two little flags that float above the tour bus when the president comes to town. Acclamation is a demonstration of goodwill or welcome. So you could use it to say, I'm happy to see you. Acclamation point. Or Viva Las Vegas. Exclamation point. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Certitude point. This is an exclamation point, but with a cross uh, over the dot instead of just a line, um, okay. which is another one of Bazin's designs. Um, if you need to say something with unwavering conviction, this is how you put it down. This is something that I'm certain of. God is real. Certitude point. Cross with a dot. All right, next one uh, is a doubt point. Uh, this kind of looks like the rest symbol from music writing. Do you know how that looks? No. It's, well, I do, I, but I can't remember. It's kind of like a Z where the bottom line curves downward oh. towards the dot. Isn't it? It's almost like a semicolon, but it has a little thing at the top. Yeah, kind of. It's still about the same. Yeah. Um, I've, just, I've never thought of it as a Z with a little curve. I've thought of it as a semicolon well, with a music, with the a music little... note, it's a little more straight. But okay. in, in, this, in the doubt point here, it looks kind of like a, a Z. And then the curve at the bottom just goes loop downward toward the dot. Mm. Um, and this is the opposite of the certitude point. Thus, it's to be used at the end of a sentence with a note of skepticism. Hmm. Uh, the next one's the authority point. It's another cross over the dot, but it's like... Uh, the arms of the cross are curved down, like going in for a hug. 
<laughs> Bazin's authority point shades your sentence with a note of expertise, like a parasol over a sultan. Well, I was there, and that's what happened. That's an example. Oh my goodness. I was there, and that's what happened. Likewise, it's also used to indicate an order or uh, an order or advice that should be taken seriously, as it comes from the voice of authority. Hmm. So, yeah. When you, when you basically teachers should use this. Why? I think in their writing because they're the authority figure. So anything that they write to their students should end with the authority point. Mm. <laughs> but it like it it says that it denotes that they know, right? Yeah. Yeah, but a teacher is fallible. They don't always well, know. Well, everybody's fallible. Well, duh. See, so I would never use the authority point because I'd always be like, "This is prideful." (laughs) Pride comes before the fall, right? (laughs) All right, getting away from Bazin. The next one is the Sark Mark, (laughs) short for sarcasm mark. Uh, And this one's weird. And this one will never be on any typewriter or typewriter keyboard. Goodness. Wow. Back in time there. So we're back in... (laughs) It's... uh, 1976. Put a dot, like, in the middle, and then go up, like, from the dot, like you're going to make an exclamation point, but instead, swirl that thing around like a cinnamon bun, and you got a sark mark. Huh. (laughs) So when you're being sarcastic? (laughs) Yeah, when you're being sarcastic. Uh, Copyrighted and trademarked by Paul Sack... (laughs) And while it hasn't seen widespread use, SAC markets it as the official easy-to-use punctuation mark to emphasize a sarcastic phrase, sentence, or message. Because half the fun of sarcasm is pointing it out. <laughs> Sark mark. Okay, so I can agree with that. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. want that one? I do kind of like that one. But I think that it would be confused very easily for a period and the at sign. Yeah. It does kind of look like the at sign if you're not paying attention. Yeah. Okay, and the last two come together here. It's the exclamation comma and the question comma, Hmm. which is essentially just instead of a dot at the bottom, they have commas. Uh, Now you can be excited or inquisitive without having to end a sentence. A Canadian patent was filed for these in 1992, but it lapsed in 1995, so use them freely. Well then. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's awesome because you you have a sentence where you make a point in the first section of it. Right, but the sentence isn't necessarily over. Right, but you yeah. need to really emphasize that emphasize point that you yeah. made. <laughs> All right, let's jump into a bit of news. Amazon is said to be planning the development of three thousand Amazon Go stores by twenty. 21. Wow. Report said last Wednesday. Bloomberg reported the company is considering plans to have about 10 locations open by the end of this year, 50 in major metro areas in 2019, and then as many as 3,000 by 2021. Adding 3,000 convenience stores would make Amazon go among the biggest chains in the U.S. So have you seen a video of what an, the Amazon Go store, the only one that's open? No, looks I like? haven't. So it's... it's um, the only one I think is in Seattle right now. Okay. And you go in, and it's basically a convenience store, like all sorts around here, or stripes okay. or whatever else. Uh, it's got food and snacks. They have sandwiches, pre-made sandwiches all along the wall. It's very nice in there. Drinks, all kinds of stuff. Little things that you could buy at the convenience store that aren't food. You know, toiletries and whatnot. Um, so it's not like a full grocery store. It's just for snacks and little things purposes. that you need. Yeah. But you walk in, you have a little thing that uh, I guess eventually will be like on the back of your phone or something that you scan so they know that you're in the building. You, uh, it, uh, it issues you a, a hand basket thing. So that's tied to your account now, the hand basket is. And you put all these food items or whatever in the basket and then you just walk out. There's no cashier. There's no nothing. And uh, it charges you through your Amazon account. This is brilliant. Yeah. It's the only people that work there are the people that are restocking and cleaning up. There's no need for any 
uh, standing in line. This or, is brilliant. Yeah, it's a fantastic idea. I'm, I do wonder like how many people use it and then like cancel their Amazon account. <laughs> so not to have to pay for anything. Well, I think it charges you immediately as you walk out. Yeah. Like, I mean, like that would were, make sense. Right. But, uh, I mean, it's a fantastic idea. Yeah. Uh, it's a significant advancement in shopping because there are no cashiers. Um, the one in the one in Seattle <laughs> says the person who hates people. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Um, let's see. Sorry, I cut you off. <laughs> so yeah, so it, it has been being tested out in, in Amazon for, or in uh, sorry Seattle for a while now. Uh, the virtual shopping carts will automatically tabulate what you owe. Then they will deduct the amount from your Amazon account, sending a receipt. If you put an item back on the shelf, Amazon removes it from your virtual basket. So, I mean, they've thought all this stuff out. Uh, So, it's packed with grocery essentials, ranging from staples like bread and milk to sodas, beer, potato chips, cheeses, and locally made chocolates. It also has ready-to-eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner uh, meals That's and then snack awesome. options. And it was a huge wall in the one in Seattle. Like the whole back wall is all pre-made food, this which is I think be is the, their biggest deal. It's going to be the new like truck stop. I uh, I don't want to say truck stop because obviously I don't think truckers could go there and you right. know, get yeah, their showers and everything. Thing, yeah. But it, I feel like it's going to be the new road trip stop. You well, know? The, they're they're sitting it as more of a uh, replacement for like fast food. Yeah. Like, of course, they're wanting to put these, the one in Seattle is downtown, you know, in the heart of the city. They're wanting to put these in high traffic areas. And they're thinking people are going to use this uh, as a replacement for going to McDonald's or going to Panera or going to whatever. Right. Because you don't have to wait. Yeah. You just basically walk in, grab whatever meal you want and leave. Yeah. And go eat it. Um, which I think that's going to be a big pull. Uh, oh yeah, in bigger places. Sadly, I don't. I think the reason I think it's going to be more of a road trip thing is because we're. Never oh, for gonna, us, it'll be a road trip. We're thing, never we'll going to get one, one here. here. <laughs> but <laughs> it's a brilliant idea. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the the e-commerce giant unveiled its first Amazon Go store in 2016. The test site for Amazon employees only. It was officially open to the public just this past January. Uh, so in the future, this might be a big thing. That's really cool. Uh, in the, I think in ten years' time, Amazon, Google, and Apple, and Facebook, those four, are going to own everything on the planet. I hope not. <laughs> I'd be okay with Amazon. I feel like Amazon is legit. You feel like Amazon's more trustworthy than all the others. I don't know why, but I do. Even though they've just unveiled that they're releasing like eighteen new. Alexa things to put everywhere in your house so they're always watching and listening. <laughs> Again. You I don't have no problem give with a rip if they're listening to me. What if they're watching you? They're going to see me naked. <laughs> and you have no problem with that. I really don't. I look like most other like the average 33-year-old woman on the planet. It ain't nothing fun to look they'll, at. <laughs> they'll email you problems that they see on your body. You should really work on this section. Oh, I didn't ask you. (laughs) Oh, if I start to get like fishing sites for how to take care of cellulite, I might, I might. I don't know if I would take offense or if I'd be really excited. Like, (laughs) we noticed you have love handles. Would you like us to help you with that? (laughs) (laughs) This is what the world's coming to. And I think I'm okay with it. I don't know. Oh, God. I don't, I'm, uh, go ahead. I don't, <laughs> I am not like some crazy lunatic. I don't care. Go Mo, ahead and Mo listen Sev, to my life. Bring the future. We're, she's ready. I am ready. All right. It's Manic Monday. We got some more Christian rock coming your way. When we come back, why you shouldn't hold in your farts. Stick around. Welcome back to the Macro Morning Show. We're still laughing about 
uh, different things that uh, spying software could just email us and say, like, you have a suspicious mole on your back. Here are set home up remedies. <laughs> this is a doctor who can help you. <laughs> that looks like it could be precancerous. These are the vitamins uh, you should be taking. That mole is dark and red. I think it could be helpful. I think it could be really helpful. Uh, I just walk up to my, my Alexa. Alexa, what is this mole? <laughs> oh, gracious. All right. Everyone farts. It's only natural. I do not fart. But not everyone lets out the air puff freely from their bottom all the time, and that can be problematic. New research shows that clenching your cheeks together won't get rid of the stinky issue. In fact, it may only leave the airy odor to leak out elsewhere. That sounded so <laughs> it is gross. Nutrition and dietetics professor from the University of Newcastle, uh, New South Wales, Claire Collins, wrote an essay for the can, the conversation explaining a new phenomenon about gas. Holding in a flatulent, uh, holding in a flatulent, okay. holding in a fart doesn't make it go away. The self-proclaimed fart expert explained. Uh, apparently, the gas can become reabsorbed in the bloodstream, which, with nowhere else to go will end up escaping out of your mouth. Yikes. <laughs> That's disgusting. Professor Collins gave this mortifying warning. Trying to hold it in leads to a buildup of pressure and major discomfort. A buildup of intestinal gas can trigger abdominal distension, with some gas reabsorbed into the circulation and exhale, exhaled in your breath. Holding on too long means the buildup of intestinal gas will eventually escape Via an uncontrollable fart. Da -da -da. The research is not clear on whether the rise in pressure in your rectum increases your chance of developing a condition called diverticulitis, where small pouches develop in the gut lining and become inflamed, or whether it doesn't matter at all. But the professor said that there is something you can do to remedy the situation. Move to a more acceptable location and let it rip. The best thing for your digestive health, health is just to let it go, the professor said. Because one way or another, the smelly blast will be flowing right out of you. <sighs> I don't know what's more embarrassing, <laughs> letting it rip or having really bad breath. Like, I don't know. Fart breath. <clears throat> yeah. Delicious. I mean, literally. <laughs> Since having the gallstone, though, one of the side effects is being more gassy <laughs> and i have noticed that it is like it's just random it happens and i have very little control over it anymore and i'm like oh okay this is my life now <laughs> this is what it looks like oh goodness switching gears entirely let's wrap out the show with our bible verse and thought for the day bible verse for the day hebrews 10 35 36 so do not throw away your confidence it will be richly rewarded you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of god you will receive what he has promised. And our thought for the day comes from Leonard Sweet, stating we often fight battles with others because we don't know how to fight the battles within ourselves. That's deep, sweet. <sighs> Thank you for joining us this morning. We're here every Monday through Thursday, starting at 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific, with an encore presentation at 10 a.m. Eastern and 7 a.m. Pacific. If you ever miss one of our shows, you can find all the chatty bits mashed together into a podcast for you over on backrowradio.com or anywhere podcasts are sold. And remember, September is National Recovery Month. National Recovery, recovery Month. Month. That's National what it is. Recovery Month. That's what it is. And we're giving away a prize pack of awesomeness this Thursday to one random follower who shares our giveaway post on Facebook or retweets our giveaway tweet on Twitter. That's it for today's show. Mo, what's the final word? Let it rip. <laughs> if you need us, we'll be in the back. Bye.